Hello and welcome to the Impact at Home podcast from us at Impact Wales. We're Finn and Jane and every week we'll be bringing you the very best professional learning to help you make an impact in your school. Good morning Jane. Good morning Finn, we're a bit more chipper this morning, hey! (laughs) (laughs) We are, we are. It's well when I went for my run this morning it was actually sunny, it's not sunny anymore but the sky felt hopeful. It did. And there's been a lot of hope, I think, since our very morose <laughs> podcast that we had last week. We were we were really on that that slide down. But thankfully, here we are Monday morning and it's, you know, a week before half term. Yes. So there's that positive as well. The weather, as you said, has been a little bit better, even though it's a little bit chilly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I like it when it's dry and crisp. Yeah. Well, better cold and clear than uh, warm and wet. So we've... Um, We've had um, some people contact us after our, our podcast last week. One in particular, really lovely email to just say, you know, thank you that it it's working. So we're so pleased that our rantings, our chatter is actually making a difference to people. But, but also, I think those emails have made such a huge difference to us. Yes. I know that's they really did lift us because I think it's one of those things that we, you know, we have this chat. I, I'm looking at you on a screen as we're chatting today. Yeah. And um, that's all we're seeing, apart from, you know, my family and the dog. Yeah. But it, and it's really nice to know that there are people out there who are connecting and who are listening. And, yes. you, know, and the, you know, we're not just making a difference, but they're making a difference to us as well, which I think is really important. Absolutely. So thank you very much to those people who uh, who contacted us, who uh, let us know that uh, our podcast has helped because it's helping us as well. It's fantastic. So, Talking today, we are going to look forward. We are going to look ahead, aren't we? We are looking forward and looking ahead. Yeah, we're going to look to the future and think about what the future may bring for various different things. But I think that the most important thing to think about, first of all, is what do pupils need over the next, the coming weeks, months and potentially years? I, I think because we've got this glimmer of a hope of schools reopening to some extent, I think mm. things, at the moment we feel that things are beginning to shift in a positive direction. And I know yeah. you and I are quite fanatical about looking at uh, Public Health Wales and looking at the, the yeah. figures that come out every day. We can see the, the gradual, I mean, there's, there's still too many deaths, yes. but we can still feel that things are beginning to shift a little bit. And I think it's even everybody that little bit of of hope and I know talking from a personal point of view my parents have been vaccinated and I know your parents have been as well and I think that's going to be the case for many people that you can see family members beginning to to, to go on that journey yeah having that vaccination and you know eventually it will come down to to us as well of yes. course yeah. that vaccination at, at some point um and you know it's it's looking a lot more positive than it did yeah. Three, four ago. Absolutely. So if we're thinking about pupils returning to school and pupils, you know, w- what will they need post-COVID as well? I know there's been lots of discussion about um, a recovery curriculum or, you know, learning loss. And I know that there's been kind of almost kind of two camps, this idea of the loss of learning will need catching up and will need some form of recovery to get children back to where they were before. And then there's the, the other camp was saying, well, you know, what they've lost is connection, just like all of us have, that that's more important than the loss of learning. But I think that the most important thing to remember is that in a, in a way it's, it's like um, when you lose anything, 
it's once it's lost it is actually to a certain extent gone forever yeah that you can't replace you know you can never repeat time you know there are ways of um, managing that loss and coming out in a more positive situation um, after that loss but you can't ever replace a life experience or um, a period of time it's 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 just not possible and I think we're in that situation as well where with Covid I think we've all sort of accepted to some extent that life will not be the same yeah I can't expect it to go back to being the same with the negatives and the positives things will have shifted so the, the destination that our pupils are are working towards isn't the same destination you know that it would have been before so the recovery we're not necessarily recovery no it's about just it's building building strengths again it's it's being in a position where uh, we feel able to manage what life throws at us whatever that happens to be and I think um you mentioned earlier on and I it really resonated with me talking about seeing um seeing COVID-19 and sort of in the in the feel of a a sports injury as a long time runner I have been injured in the past and an injury uh, especially when it it, it's before a a, you know a big event and you've been working up to this big event say like exams and you think oh it'll be fantastic if I can do that and then something happens and you can't do that and you can't sit the exams or you can't um, have that life experience that you're expecting to have that it's it's incredibly painful and it it takes not only a shift in action but a shift in how you think about it as well and I think that's what's really important you know these these two camps of well it's loss of learning or it's loss of connection it's actually it's both but we can't build back either of those in this in the way that they would have happened before we need to build them back in a different way in the same way that if you have an injury my son broke his ankle really badly playing rugby and he was in the middle of a really good season for him he was doing really really well he was playing at county level as well as playing at at club level and you know it was a massive blow to him and he went through some real trauma because it was so important for him but he worked really, really hard at the rehabilitation and he actually came out of it a very different rugby player. He went on to break his leg a second time, which, which wasn't fantastic. But, but the fact that he'd come to terms with that loss and understood that loss and understood um, how to manage the difficulty that it placed in front of him. And I think that this is what we're all in the midst of at the moment. We're, we're grieving the loss of our future no matter where you are in the system, whether you're a pupil or a learner or a teacher or, or what have you, or, you know, somebody who's who's just um, focused on education from the outside. But it's everybody is experiencing a loss. And I think it's it's identifying some of the positives that we um, have from that loss, as well as the things that need to be addressed. It's accepted that that future will be very different, but it could also be very much better. Yeah, I mean, one of the things, sorry, I just, I just thought about this. One of the things that um, I thought about when they were talking about exams and they were talking about, you know, the, the different way that people will view people who have uh, learners who have qualifications from 2020 and 2021 and p- potentially 2022 as well, is that if I were an employer and I were looking at somebody who had gone through GCSEs, A-levels, degree, whatever, during that period, 
I would be thinking, well, I know that their qualification might not be the same as everybody else's, but those people, my gosh, what an awful lot they went through. Those are the people who, if they have, you know, really succeeded, oh my gosh, they, they're, they're the people that I would want to have in my organisation. I would want to have uh, offer a job to. We, we talk very much, don't we, about resilience of pupils and it's always been an issue with it with every school that we've gone to resilience is one of the resilience and independence is one of those things that schools have recognized that this their pupils need to develop further but I think this whole pandemic has it well it's created certainly many many pupils who are far more resilient and far more independent yeah than you know they might have been if if this pandemic hadn't happened Absolutely. And I think that when we're looking at the, the loss of learning, there will be a, a need to develop pupils skills where they have not maybe engaged with learning as, as well as they could done. They have um, not had the time to practice some of the skills that they had previously learned. And there will be a need to consolidate and retrieve and to go back. And this is the job that teachers need to focus on is it's not working harder, working longer, having extra time. It's thinking about well, what being really, really specific and analytical, what has this particular student lost? What has this pupil lost in terms of their understanding, their knowledge? And what's the most efficient way that I can ensure that they get back up to speed as quickly as possible? Understanding, of course, that it will be different. It's not one size fits all. That's, no. that, that's the key thing, isn't it? Every child will have had completely different experiences whether they'd had physical losses with members of family mm. you know, succumbing to the virus or they've you know parents have lost jobs yeah you know there might be some students where parents are key workers and they've been working every single hour that you know is, has been available and they've been left very much to it on their own and they might have you know thrived through that or they might have struggled significantly and it's understanding you know teachers are in the in the best place to know yeah you, you know your pupils you know what they're putting up with day yeah. in day and it's adjusting what's on offer rather than having this one yeah. size fits all and talking about the things that are gonna um that should stay that we've experienced during the the pandemic and things that should go I mean, one of the things that's really interesting is how pupils interact with learning and obviously in a classroom well it's an extrovert stream you're you're crammed in with all of these pupils all of your peers it can get very noisy it can get very busy there's an awful lot going on introverts probably find that quite difficult I know as an introvert myself it's not something that I thrive on but there are some pupils who have really thrived on um, having the opportunity maybe not to say things on camera but to write information in the chat or to just be quietly getting on on their own and they've really really thrived so you know is there a way that we can hold on to that method of engagement whilst still accepting that we are going to go back to classrooms with 30 pupils in them and learning in that face-to-face -face way whenever that may happen <laughs> absolutely let's talk about for a second as well that it's not just pupils that have lost things and and uh, people involved in education but the processes that we were in the midst of back in February, March of uh, 2020. And obviously we're getting to that stage again. So it's really interesting to look back a year ago and to see what, what was happening a year ago um, and, and think about what was going on. What were we in the midst of? What were we expecting to happen over the next few months? 
and of course curriculum for Wales. Yeah. The documents have been published in January 2020 are, you know, are well, final isn't the word that Welsh Government like to use, but the, yes, the latest iteration of Curriculum for Wales documents that everyone were expected to use to develop their own curriculum had just been published and people were beginning to look at them and think about where are we going next. And I know that there's lots of talk about people saying we are still working on Curriculum for Wales. I know we've seen some um, schools um, working together on that but I think yeah, we, we do need to build on it as well so. well we have yes absolutely but I do think we need to address the elephant in the room and say that there has most definitely been a loss of progress yeah. with curriculum for Wales yeah and whether it's treading water yeah which I think some schools you know maybe in that situation but I think other things have had to take priority Absolutely. And, it, and every school is different. So it all depends where where you were in that journey or where schools were in that journey before and how well placed they were to continue. Yeah. And I, I think also it's it's not just about, well, OK, so we've had a sort of hiatus and we've had to stop um, doing curriculum for Wales for a certain period of time because we've had other things going on. But we're actually in a completely different position now as well. We are in a position where um, learners have been affected by COVID-19 so they need slightly different things to what they needed last year so you can't just carry on and do the exact same thing no the landscape is completely different there's lots of research out there about what the potential losses for children might be in terms of their learning and their understanding and their needs Mm. so it, it would make sense for um for schools and teachers to actually be focusing on that as their uh, priority set of priorities for curriculum development as opposed to what they had planned 2020 it's having a reflection isn't it by communicating with staff and with parents and with pupils about what have they found to be the positives of the last 12 months Mm. that they would like to see go forward and i and i think they you know there will be elements that will crop up I know I know from you know my son trying to get him out of bed in the morning you know his day is shifted from you know 8 30 in school to like 11 12 starting but then he'll work later on in the afternoon and as a teenage boy well you know yeah. all teenage boys will know trying to get them out of bed in the morning mm. it's a very difficult job yes so if if schools were going to be doing anything with curriculum for Wales at the moment we feel it's acknowledging that there has been a loss and not just trying to plow ahead with plans that were made February, March 2020, but actually thinking about how do we need to adjust and adapt those plans to take into account the losses that have happened in the interim, not just loss of learning, loss of connection for pupils, but also uh, the loss of connection for staff and the loss of process in the development so where would we where would we start with curriculum for wales well (laughs) okay there's a there's a a pregnant pause there very pregnant pause four purposes would be a great place to start wouldn't it it would it would and i I know schools have done lots of work and that was the starting point for many many schools but i think some schools might need to revisit their vision and think about what does curriculum for Wales, 
actually mean now for them and it might be if they've set their vision that might need adjusting absolutely so if you if you're looking at that and then you're looking at say for example um, there was a really interesting piece of research that actually came out quite early on in the pandemic but it, it used the um, slide that happens in learning during the holidays the six-week holidays mm-hmm. and then extrapolated that for um, what might be happening um, with a school lockdown and how that would what that would look like in terms of things like basic skills, maths and English, reading, those kinds of things. And also looking for research that talks about the um, emotional response of children to COVID-19 and what that means in terms of the support that schools need to provide and what that will look like over a long term. Because as as we were talking about right at the beginning of the, the podcast, this is probably going to continue for quite some while in some form or another. Yeah. So when we're not going to go back to learning as it was in in March of 2020, we're, we're going to have significant periods of um, time where it's going to look a little bit. You know, if you if you read the papers, as, as I always do on the weekend and you get you get yourself down one rabbit hole and another rabbit hole, you, you know, you, you see all different sides of the argument that, you know, we'll be back to normal by September again versus, you know, we're always going to be living with this. We'll just have to learn to live with it. You know, we talked this morning about, you know, possibly we'd have to have a third jab oh third jab yes you know depending what happens with this african variant and it's south african variant and it's just all of this information is out there in the public domain and it's it can be very confusing because you're hearing so many different versions of it and i think it's taking it back to what we now know now 12 months ago we wouldn't even envisaged of being in this situation we don't know what's going to be what it's going to be like in 12 months time i think we've just got to you know realise that we've lived through and survived through you know quite a significant period in, in history yeah for us as a as a you know as a planet yes you know, it's just us and it's thinking about moving forward let's always start looking ahead and thinking about well what can we learn from the past yeah that will help shape and improve you know the yeah. next six months 12 months and, and beyond Absolutely. So if if we've got pupils who um, have suffered with the loss of COVID-19 processes and systems and uh, all of that goes with with that, looking at what are the key priorities in terms of learning, emotional well-being, matching that against what the curriculum can help with doing that. But I think alongside us understanding that we have to accept reality that there has been a loss across all kinds of areas is that this this sits kind of against um, a government who is um, still ploughing ahead with September 2022 and I think there's a there is a an absolute reason for that I noticed that the um, the additional learning needs act um, has been delayed what they've done is they've taken uh, they've taken they have school action school action plus and statement of pupils they were all supposed to be put into the process of the new ALN Act from this September, but actually uh, they've decided statement to pupils will be part of that process the following September. So one wonders why, when they're prepared to do it for the additional learning needs pupils, why are they not prepared to do something about the timeline for everybody else, for curriculum for Wales? 
who knows where these decisions are coming from and well i think other ones are in the pipeline i think possibly it could be political we could have um, a, a minister who's leaving office in may and wants a legacy with uh, a new minister coming in, in in May who will be prepared to make decisions and make changes. And I think that schools need to focus on what's important right now for their pupils and almost, almost ignore September 2022. Focus on using curriculum for Wales, but almost ignore it because if you, if you, all you're doing is thinking about how many months you've got left and what you can cram into those months, that will take away from what you can actually do for pupils. Well, we've um, said all along, haven't we? It's it's quality. Yes. You know, it's not. It, we, I think we talked about this last week. It's not about sacrificing quality just for that one deadline. It's knowing what your pupils need, and there will be some schools in some areas where the need will be far far greater than than others. And I think it's knowing where your school is and knowing what is important. Like you said, prioritize. And you know, if you closed September 22, well, hey, if you're not well, you're doing what's right for pupils. That, absolutely. And I think that's that's a very, very good point is does doing the right thing have to be squeezed into a certain period of time? Yeah. Or, or if that doing the right thing takes longer, is it better to take longer to do it? And I think that... It goes back to your sports analogy, doesn't it? It's, it's that you wouldn't rush an injury just because you were running a race on a particular day because you could make damage that yeah. much worse would you know I, I want actually to just let's explore the the sport injury analysis just for a second here now because i i think it, it reflects what really we the position that we're in at the moment so say we've got september 2022 which is our race day and we've got um, an injury which is covid19 and we know that with the injury that COVID-19 has actually inflicted on the education system and pupils and learners and, and learning more generally, we're actually not going to be able, for some learners who've been had this injury inflicted, they're not going to be ready for September 2022. So there's, there's two things you can do in that situation. You can go the go the, the, the sensible option, which would be, right, well, we need to have rehabilitation that actually matches the progress that the body is able to make so the progress that the pupils are actually able to make not rush to having you know an extra four weeks worth of learning during summer holidays when pupils actually need to be out enjoying um enjoying the outside with their friends and their family and and remembering what you know normal life is like or do we say well this pupil or this system this process has suffered a, a, an injury therefore let's bring in the bariatric the breathing chambers and the you know the intense sports physio and I think that you know there is potential for Welsh government to put more support in place to help that recovery happen or that rehabilitation happen more quickly but I can't see any additional support in their implementation plan um, so it seems to me that the only way of getting learners and the system uh, schools to a point where it's fully rehabilitated after the loss of COVID-19 is actually to say um, it's going to take longer in some cases. A two week extension of the term into the summer holidays is not going to do it. 
and I feel that you know the whole um, well let's extend the holiday let's let's have a longer October so that we can do this and the discussion with the unions and all that I, I just can't see it ending well I really can't you know every time I hear the discussion happening about this you know whether we should change uh, the term dates and, uh, and things like that I think yes it's a really really good idea but the level of agreement that needs to be got in in such a short space of time under really pressured situation it just all feels the one thing we missed though is that it's all well and good finding this time yeah but it's not actually the time it's what's actually done in that time is the most important thing and if people aren't thinking about well we've got this extra time so what are we going to do in it it's not a filler or you know for them to do more of the same thing and it's that, that's what frustrates me a little bit about it. It's all, oh yeah, well and good, we're going to take that off. We've given you two extra weeks over the summer. Yeah. But it's not going to do the job that it needs to do. Yeah, we, we need to overhaul, rethink what is it that needs to be rehabilitated? How yeah. do we rehabilitate learning and pupils and teachers? You yeah. know, so teachers that also works with professional learning as well. Absolutely. And, and professionals don't, we mustn't forget that, you know, it's not just the learners who've lost, it's no. the teachers who've lost. And Everything. we are, you know, as our podcast last week, uh, I think, demonstrated, we are all really suffering with the loss of um, social connection at the moment. So we have a profession who are in a situation where the thought of doing extra work in the summer holidays when they could be with their family having a summer holiday however they managed to do that you know that that seems cruel yeah so yeah. we need yeah, better we yeah we do we need a, a a proper fully researched highly effective rehabilitation program that will allow us to take the best of the learning from our loss which there is always learning from loss. There is yeah. always learning from a bad experience. In fact, much more, um, yes. much more powerful ex- yeah, learning from a bad experience. Look how much digital skills have improved. Yeah. Experience. And people's reaction to digital as well. In, the, in how things have moved on. Yeah. It's yeah. But we, we need to, we need a proper assessment of what, what is needed how are we going to do that? It can't just be done as a knee-jerk, quick reaction. We need to think this through and acknowledge that this is going to take significant periods yeah. of time, that we're not going to be able to do it in two weeks in the summer holiday, nor should we focus on that, that it's not a, you know, one well, tick and done. No, it's not. It's not. That's exactly what I was going to say, Finn. It's not a job done. Let's yeah. move on to the next thing. It's something that's going to have to be worked on Yeah. for a long, long time, I think. You know, just before we go, I just uh, throw a little bomb into the uh, discussion here now. It's something, a discussion. They walk that, away. Yeah, <laughs> walk away. Um, so a discussion that we had, I think probably about a week ago, we were talking about curriculum for Wales. And I, I really interested. Was it on a positive day or a negative day? I, it was actually on a positive was day. Positive I think, day? I think, yeah. But um, I noticed that, um, I, I can't remember what I was reading. I was reading um, some research about, uh, curriculum reform and uh, the difference that it made to um, knowledge capital theory, which is this idea that the more uh, intelligent your uh, and um, better educated your population is, the greater your GDP. 
and they they actually looked at the relationship between curriculum reform and um, qualifications and how effective curriculum reform was in raising the standard for everybody. And actually there was very, very little correlation. It was like 0.02 where a strong correlation would be one uh, mm. between curriculum reform and uh, an improvement in standards. But there was quite a, a large uh, correlation between teacher professional learning and the quality of teaching and the standards. Now, it might be something for the future, you know, next education minister. In fact, if all you did was provide really, really good, high quality research to inform professional learning for, for teachers and actually ignored curriculum reform, actually said, no, you won't do that. We'll just stick with the same curriculum. That would have more effect on the standards of learning and pupil outcomes than um, this enormous change that we're going through. It was the budget, it? It's the quality of teaching and learning, regardless yes. of everything else that's going on. That's the one thing. And how do you improve that? You improve that by enabling, empowering teachers to understand how to make the best choices for their learners. Yeah. There you are, there's our uh, bombshell at the end. Let's just walk away with that one then. <laughs> Right, well, we will see you all next week again. No, we won't see you next oh, week. Of course not. Well, it's a good job I said that then, isn't it? It is. We've made an executive decision that, that we're going to have a break as well. So we're not going to record a podcast um, for uh, publishing next week or releasing next week. But we will be back the week after. And I'm, you know, I'm really looking forward to Finn um, over the next couple of weeks being able to do some more of our In Conversation with because I know yes. we've had to put those on hold this, this half term because of the fact we can't, it's very difficult to record yeah. it three ways on a on a Zoom or four yeah. ways in some cases. So hopefully we'll be able to um, get those going again. With We've got one yeah. or two lined up already after half term. When we're going to be able to be in a position to record them, we're not sure. Yeah. Um, fingers crossed we'll get one, at least one. Yes. Out Easter. Yeah, Otherwise, that would be good. Oh, you and I. Indeed. So we will see you all back here again on the 24th of February and uh, speak to you soon. Have a good holiday. Bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes. You can find us online at www.impact.wales. You can also follow us on social media on Twitter at Impact Wales, on Facebook and Instagram search for Impact Wales and on LinkedIn search for Impact School Improvement.